Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. My name is Bob the Drag Queen. And I'm Money Exchange. And this is Sibling Rivalry. episode we talk about monet's super secret project we talk about comedy and we find out what made monet say this i propose typical rivalry we take a trip to a doctor and the doctor's gonna measure each of our taints and tell us how many inches and we find out what made bob say this this is like this is literally like hanging out with like my with my my aunt and i'm trying to make a joke about Something that all the, the us, the young people like, and then she's like, "What's going on?" That's you, Hardy Har Har. What does that mean? Like a laugh? No, I think yeah, that's a laugh. There are many different ways to laugh. There's laugh my ass off. There's LM, LMAO, LMBO, LOL. What's making you Hardy Har 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 today? Uh, nothing particularly, honestly, bitch. I am tired. I woke up very early today because we taped something um, this morning, and I had to get up at like fucking five o'clock. I'm like, <laughs> super secret project. It's an interview that's coming out next week. So next week, everyone will know what it is. What's it about? It's about drag. Oh, that's I know. Isn't that weird? They had me talking about drag. It's like, are y'all sure? Is it with Oprah? Almost, actually. I would call her the white Gail Oprah. King. Barbara Walters? She's not doing interviews anymore. You don't know that. You don't know what Barbara's doing. I, Barbara Walters is she has publicly retired from doing interviews. Yeah, but she be coming back once. On, she come back like once every five years on sixty minutes. Like, hi, it's me, Barbara Walters again. I don't think Barbara Walters done an interview in I think legit ten or fifteen years. She's very uh, Barbara Walters is very old. No, she came back for like that sixty minute special, like in two thousand fifteen, whatever it was. Did she? Her and Diane Sawyer. I mean, that was that was that was eight years ago. Yeah. Hey Google. How old is Barbara Walters? Yeah, she is not a spring chicken. How old is Barbara? Bitch, she is 92 years old. Barbara Walters is not doing no fucking... I mean, eight years ago, she was 94. I mean, 84. That's not how that works. uh, She was 84. And Joy Joy Behar is is 81 years old, and she's on The View. And Joy Behar is going to come anytime soon. Joy Behar looks good for her age. That is a good-looking old lady. Wait, Joy's 81? Either 80 or 81, something like that. What are you talking about? wild. Hey, Google, how old is Joy Behar? She looks good for her age. She's 79 years old. Oh, 79. And it was up there. Joy looks so good for her age. I'm like, bitch, Joy is doing life right. She's been in in two marriages. She has a great kid. She has a loving grandkid. She has a dog she's crazy about. She uh, she just drives on the block to, to work every uh, uh, five days a week, sitting on her chair, talking. And talking. she might be uh, getting some light cosmetic procedures done. Maybe. Who knows what maybe. she's doing? Joy Behar is a girl. Do you, do you like how exposed you on TikTok for doing all of your little procedures? Now all the fans know. 
All the secrets about you. All of my little procedures. Well, mm-hmm. I guess I'll expose you now and just tell everyone that I literally had to teach you how to do the TikTok. <laughs> I literally had to teach money the trend. I had to teach Monet the angle to stand at, give Monet the idea. When someone was like, Monet, you act like you don't know TikTok trends. I want to come in like, I literally get I literally Monet don't. This TikTok, honey. I don't know TikTok trends. And like, I tried to like, because TikTok, you need to be involved in TikTok every day. And I'll get like spurts of like, oh, I want to watch TikTok. And I'll do it for like all day that day. And I don't do it for like another two weeks. And I'm like, well, God damn it. Now I lost all the trends. And then what I do is sometimes I save the sound. I'm like, oh, I like this. I'll do it. And I go back and listen to the sound I favorited, but I can't remember what the video was or what the trend was. But you say, oh, you have to save the video. I'm gonna, you like the video. I know. Or but then I do you, like the video, but I can't remember what the video was, like what it corresponded with. Or you add the video to your favorites. That's the realty. So like liking videos is like a way to save them and it's a way to just like express like. But if you really, really, really want to, you, you click the little flag tab and you save it, or the little bookmark tab, and you add it to your favorites. And if you are really wanting to save a TikTok, you just download it to your phone. That's why the TikTok makes you download people's content. It's kind of wild. Well, it's it's to get the sharing. I mean, it's to help it share. But it also downloads with their um with their their screen name, their their handle. This is true. The- so this you, is so true. You, you know, still, like it, was, it puts a TikTok watermark with their with their handle on it, so you can still tag them. I got this offer at the end of like 2021 by Instagram Reel. So do an Instagram Reel every day, and it will be this will be paid if I did it every day. And I was like, this sounds. Now again, this is subjective, right? To me, that sounds like so intense because I would be so caught up in the quality of the video and how good it was. I want to give the best stuff. It would stress me out every day to put out a video every day. It's not that every I wanted day. To. I have the same. I, I, I currently have the deal. It's not every day. It's, it's, no, mine was it's every day. Every three days. It's, oh, why would that? That doesn't sound great at all. I do Mondays. I, I, so I have to deal with Instagram. Really. I do it Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I release a reel. And it's, um, I like it. I, I enjoy it, actually. It's really fun. Every once in a while, I'm like, oh, no, I forgot to post today. But then I'll, I also have, a, I save a lot of videos to my phone. Um, I bank up some reels. Um, I have old stuff that I was doing back in the day, a lot of drafts. And I'll just, I'll just post them. I'm actually going to make some reels uh, tonight, as a matter of fact. What are you doing tonight? Tonight, I am going to um, the recording booth with Killingsworth to work on my um, EP. And then I'm going to be hanging out with Andrew Thomas Short. Um, and then I'm going to make a, make some reels. Work. What are you doing tonight? After this, I'm going to take a nap. And then I need to go to the gym. And then Patty and I need to get ready for tomorrow and Thursday. Uh, tomorrow Saturday. Because I'm shooting all of my looks tomorrow and Saturday. And so I'm going to be... Huh. You doing all of your looks in two days? All of them, bitch. Every single last one. I'm going to be. How many looks is it? Egg, Zoss, Ted. How many looks is it? I shot all my looks for we're here in how many days? Three days. And I could have done it in two days, but one of the days did require extreme prost not extreme, but prosthetics. So I ended up um, giving that basically an entire day. But I uh, I shot all my looks for weird. I think it was 22 looks. How many was it, baby? 22 looks in three days. But I shot eight. No, I shot 21 of them or 22 of them all on 
No, I think I shot all 21 of them on the, the first two days. Work. Which is, which was, honest, it was wild. It it really was madness. I had to book out the studio space, which thankfully, we're both with PEG. Are you using PEG or are you, are you one of those girls? Are you going on location? No, um, I did a lot on location for this other thing I have to do. But this, I'm doing them all in PG. So Patty and I are doing it. We're doing it different What's this year. I was like, I was like, you, I'm so t- you in another show, bitch? Yeah, something else I did. Um, Patty and I was like, I was like, I don't want to do a location thing. I was like, Patty, and I was like, I, I, I was a little played out. So Patty and I are going. We're doing a little deconstructed this time. We're interested to see how it's going to turn out. We're doing it very, very minimalistic. Can you? Can we talk about something that you can actually talk about? I I can't do any more cryptic conversations. You're the one that gets aggravated. No one else, bitch. I am you. You are the one asking me. I, I know. You're I'm the talk, one asking I'm, me I'm not, about. You're asking for the me about some so, a I'm shit that I'm doing. For the, I'm speaking for myself. Okay, but you're asking. You're the one asking me, knowing that I can't go into full details. You're the one asking me, then getting mad that I but can't give you an answer. You brought it up. I didn't bring this up. You brought it up. Well, all I said was I was shooting some looks, and you're like, "Ooh, for what for?" And but Bob, you know what I'm shooting looks for. Like you bitch, use your fucking noodle. But that, that, no, that's no. But, but you're saying stuff like, "But we're doing this. It's new. It's something deconstructed. I can't tell you what it is." Well, because so I want it to be, be a really surprise. Exciting. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it. I want it to be a surprise, and so, so people to react to it. It's not. It's not like super sick. Like I can't I say. Like, I want people to be surprised. I like surprises too. I get it. I also I love surprises. All I'm saying is me, and I'm not, I am not speaking for the masses. I don't, I don't think I'm speaking for. I'm, I then only you speak are. For well, you're speaking to the masses. Having a yeah, I speak to I'm speaking to them, I'm not speaking for them. Having a cryptic conversation about something you can or can't do. Like for example, me, if I can't if I can't mention if I can't mention it, I I just won't bring it up until it's time. Then I'm like, okay, now we'll talk about it. Because now I can actually talk about it. But I'm, but normally, um uh, unless I've been uh really uh back into a corner and I have to mention it, I usually won't mention stuff that I can't that I can't talk about. But also, I mean you you have your own thing, but a, a, as a favor to me. If you're willing to, and if yeah, you're not willing to, I don't think it's weird to say, yeah, this weekend I'm shooting my looks um, and I'm really excited to show them off. That could be a nice conversation that can transition something else. It doesn't need to be this deep dive into what I'm what doing, what how many looks I'm doing. It doesn't need to be this crazy process that you're making it out to me, bitch. Want to repeat, didn't say it was weird, didn't say it was strange. I don't think I'm speaking a popular opinion. I'm speaking for myself, mm-hmm. me and me alone. This is not a opinion that people are sharing. This is just coming from the mouth of Bob the drag queen. It does not reflect anyone else's views. Uh, it's just me and my little uh, my little brain cooking on its own um, turn. But like for example, if I were to say, um, like like I didn't say like, oh, what are the looks? Can you describe each look in great detail? But then you added the element being like, um, oh, and there's something extra special. We're doing this thing. And it's a little deconstructed, and we'll, we're excited to show you. Then that makes it like I didn't even ask you about that detail. You just threw it in. Yeah, and then but the normal response would be like, style. "You you are uh, one of those people." The normal response would be like, "Ooh, worker, I can't wait to see it." When I tell when when I did I'm my looks, for, you know when I did my looks for we're here, blah blah blah, and then that'll be then we'll still into something else. I think you are drumming up this ooh and double double toil and trouble, and then when I do the looks, fire, cauldron, bubble. It's just not all that. I just, I, I I don't think it's that wild. What? I really don't. And we can well, you you can move on, but you're the one always telling me I'm not normal. So I don't know why you're still expecting normal responses out of me. Yeah, with that's, your fucking two finger gooch. You wild for that. Your two finger fucking gooch. You yeah, are tiny you taint. are the ex. You're and your you and your X-Man. big uh, ogre taint. You and your ogre taint. The green <laughs> mouth between your the green mouth between your asshole and your balls. Girl, well you know when you got a lot of surface every head, you got a lot of roots to play with, honey. <laughs> 
Do you know what the Green Mile is? What that refers to? Of course. I learned this only Bing because of the Ring. Green no. Mile. Michael Clark Duncan. No, you know what the actual, like, the phrase, the Green Mile refers to? I didn't know. It's not Bing Ring. It's uh, Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah, that's uh, what I said. Rest in peace. Omarosa's ex, by the way. Omarosa was dating him before, uh, when he passed. I know. Omarosa was dating Michael Clark Duncan, Duncan before he died. Which kind of lets me realize that Michael Clark Duncan was, like, this, was probably this, like, intense Republican. Anyway, that's another point. Um, <laughs> not necessarily. Not not necessarily. I said probably. Not necessarily. But I, I have a hard time imagining a lot of someone with as conservative views as Omarosa had dating someone liberal. That would be really wild. But also, people, I, uh, there's uh, uh, Omarosa seemed like somebody who made, or because I, I, I feel like when she was on The Apprentice the first time, like Omarosa was not this like right wing Republican bitch. A lot of people speculate that that Omarona, that Omarona, Omarosa jumped ship because it would give her a higher profile in because she was friends with Donald Trump. Now, even even people say Donald Trump wasn't a Donald Trump wasn't a fucking radical Republican until he was. You know what I mean? Everyone thinks that Omarosa jumped ship because she wanted more 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 uh, more status and because she was she would get more status in the Republican Party because it was so radical and she's so good at fucking TV theater. Omarosa is so good at TV theater. She did it on The Apprentice. She did it on Wendy Williams. She's great at it. I mean, I cannot confirm whether or not she jumped ship. That doesn't seem far-fetched to me. But I do know that she did work in the uh, Bush administration and the White House before she was on um, yeah. before she was on The Apprentice. So I, I do think that she's been a lifelong Republican. Also, that, um, but also, just to, I also want to say there are black Republicans like that, that, that lady that you don't like, the funny lady, not that you don't like, the one that you think is crazy because she's a Republican. Candace Owens? Not Candace Owens. The one who's on the talk, um, the, com- the comedian. Oh, Sherry Shepard. No, that's not Sherry Shepard. Sherry Shepard was on The View. Sher- um, Cheryl Underwood. Sorry. Cheryl, Cheryl Underwood. Underwood. Yeah, they are. And, I mean, and that's what to be clear. I did not say I don't like Cheryl Underwood. Yeah, I know. That's, I, that's, not, that's, I literally no said between me and Cheryl Underwood. I literally said no. You didn't I'm say just reiterating. Like, <laughs> I'm just has nothing to do with you. I'm just reiterating for the world that I do not have any beef with Cheryl Underwood. Uh, but yeah, they are black Republicans. It doesn't mean that um, you know they're like wow, like Miss Omarosa, Miss Candace Owens. I think is Sherry Shepard a Republican? Yeah, no, she's not. She just she's just like a flat earther or something like that. She wasn't like a Republican though. I don't. I don't remember. I don't watch the real or the talk or whichever. The real whichever. got canceled. Oh, the real is the real the talk. The real got canceled. I thought it ended. I mean, after eight seasons, is that a cancellation? If it's eight seasons, I mean, Lonnie like, Love put end, out a statement saying that saying that COVID killed their show. So, who said that? Lonnie Love was one of the hosts of the real. Love Lonnie Love, and she I, said that it was, she said it was because of uh because of um yeah she put this long statement COVID? but that was that was part of it. I mean, I imagine it was that COVID, COVID, girl, COVID took a lot from us, honey. Yes, COVID really came and just ransacked the dolls, honey. She ruined my show. Really ransacked the dolls. Fucking bitch. Yeah, COVID did come and ransack, um, shut the whole, the whole, the whole system the down, whole didn't it? The whole thing. The whole building got shut down. Damn. COVID really said, fuck you, you black bitch. You bald black bitch. And everybody else worked in the building, too. That's, yeah, that's really wild. Um, Isn't it so crazy um, that Latrice Royale chastised came out to Santino? Take up your hat, you bald bitch, you balding bitch. That was so take aggressive. Take up your hat, you bitch. You're balding bitch. That was. So... Well, I think that she was. What, <laughs> I love what, it. It makes sense because she was like backstage talking to her friends and like in her feelings <sighs> and sick of being critiqued. And that's the thing about reality TV. You get to the stuff that we all say all the time. It just happens to be there's a camera there and there's millions of people watching, mm-hmm. listening to you say it. 
Yeah. So like, how many of us would not be able to get away with the stuff that we've said if we hadn't been caught? You know what I mean? In fact, let's talk more about that when we get back. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Apartments.com has helped millions of renters and could help you find your perfect place. Yep, I know perfect is a very tall order. I know, okay? But if you're looking for an apartment or a condo or a townhome or a townhouse even, Apartments.com has all the right tools to help you find it. Use filters and saved searches to narrow down rental listings and find exactly the place for you. You can even set up alerts to get notified as places become available. So, fashionistas, get your closet spaces ready, darling. Or an in-unit washer and dryer? My God. Sun lovers. We can help you find as much natural light as your spirit and your little heart desires. If you're working from home, you can have an area for your home office, an extra bathroom, a balcony, central heating and air, or a dishwasher in the kit. Girl, whatever happens to be right for you, this is the place to find it. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Do you have anything on TV you want to take back? Anything you see on TV you want to take back? Um, what is this? This is the thing I said. I, I, I mean, it's coming out later. I can't really say what it is. Um, but this thing I said that I would take back. <laughs> oh my god, you're so exhausting. Um, no, well, there's nothing I said on TV I would take back. I don't. It was nothing I've said on TV that I would take back. There's nothing. Monet is doing her uh, her sad attempt at comedy, which is a great segue because t- today our topic. We're gonna is see sad attempts at comedy. We just talk about your fashions on season eight, honey. That's comedy. Hilarious. Oh my god, Monet! This is. I'm just rubbing my eye on the microphone. Um, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you, wait? Is there anything you would take you back on TV? Think. Um, you know, I don't hate Lord. I was really in in a in a bad mood that day. And I was very irritated. And I just, for some reason, I just said, I hate Lord. When the truth is, I don't. I have practically no strong feelings about Lord. But what came out of my mouth that day was, I 
hate Laura, which isn't true. That's just not true at all. And, you know, my mom gave me a lesson years ago about saying you hate the people. And I, I really don't like to say I hate people um, in general anyway. Mm-hmm. So maybe I would, if I could go back in time, I would have, I would have metered my response and not said, I hate Laura. Cause I don't hate Lord. I, I don't, people to this day are like, I don't, don't say Lord in front of Bob. And I'm like, I think Lord is a, is a, is a great artist. I'm have sure you ever seen the diamond in the that. flesh though? No, but I do um, cut my teeth on wedding rings in the movies. You know what I mean? Same, same, same. That is true. Um, Bob. Um, and I do take a little heroin. Isn't Laura's name like, like, like an old lady name? Like a. Like a witch name, Lord L O R D E. Lord has one of those names where like, oh yeah, you read like, it. It's um, like it's like um, it. it's like a uh, a uh, uh, Doja Cat. Her name, name is Ella Mar- Ella Mar- Ella Marija Lani Yellick O'Connor. Oh, is she Irish? I think she's from New Zealand. New Zealand, she's the a Kiwi. I don't I don't I don't know what her lineage is. I don't know what her lineage is, but she is a Kiwi. Um, from uh, Takapuna, New Zealand. Kiwi wanna kai kai, honey. Kiwi wanna kai kai. Kiki wanna kai kai, but none of these girls are my type. I love that she wrote into her thing. She was like, bitch, I be fucking other queens. Who said this? Who's really I mean, this? kai kai is really technically a term for, but again, language evolves. But kai kai is kind of a term that originated to mean uh, fucking in drag, like queens in drag fucking. Uh, but then Kai Kai kind of just became a term for any two queens who are fucking in general. Who said this? Lady acted Kai Kai? Kiki, uh, Kiana, or Kiari, something. Her name is from, she's from Canada's people. Drag Race. Alexa, her stop. Wanna Kai stop. Kai. Um, the bitch from Canada. Google listen. She don't be going crazy like that. Google be like, all right, I'll chill out. Alexa said, I'm, I'm in the conversation now too, nigga. <laughs> this is what, you talking about that queen from anyway, Canada, Kiki? Yeah, no, her name's not Kiki. Her name's, her name's like Kiana or Kiara or something. And she just said, Kiki want a Kai Kai, but none of these girls are my type. Work. Work. Um, Which is Bo- a pretty fierce line. Bob, comedy. Ba-dum-bum. <laughs> Bob, comedy. Why are you being such a fucking weirdo? I'm not, that was just such a weird, like, that transition was so weird. Oh my god! Wow. So you think people who transition are weird? Interesting. Um, Bob, you comedy, comedy. Oh god, yo! If my emails, I, Do you want me to leave the conversation because you are doing. All, you're, you're having a stroke. It's like every Bob, second. Comedy, I comedy, comedy. When did you first realize uh, you were jokes, funny? Jokes. What did you first realize you were funny? I thought I was funny for a long time, but I remember thinking I was hilarious in uh, in, in ninth grade or no tenth grade. I was sitting behind Dernika Dodson, and she turned around and she was like, "Oh my God, you are the funniest person I know. You are the funniest person I know." And I was like, "Oh, thank you." And then a couple other people were like, "Yeah, you are the funniest person I know." First, like then people, then I started kind of like really leaning into my sense of humor. Yeah, you know, I feel like in school you really start to form for not not all of not everyone, but a lot of people start to form like who they are. Like you like the telltale signs of who you'll be later on in life and what your strengths are. You are formed like in school. Like I was always like the funny guy with the person like like the funny personality. Like I wouldn't say like I wasn't in school telling yuck yucks like you probably were like 
you know, over by the fucking math textbooks. But I was always like someone who brought levity into a room and had like a big personality. Yeah, I would specifically tell my jokes near the algebra textbooks. Oh, Some I know you were. You're like I've one plus had. two. Am I right? To a trigonometry <laughs> book. Well, algebra is actually one plus X. Whatever. You're you know what I mean? All right. All, all right, Pythagorean. Calm your ass down. To put, to, to calm, that, calm, the, calm that theorem down. Um, and I also thought it was funny in, I remember in seventh grade, I remember moving to, uh, when I moved to Atlanta, I was like, I'm going to be the funny person. Like, I remember like being like, I'm going to like be a little bit of a bad boy. I'm going to tell jokes in class. I'm going to make the whole class crack up. And then I was just cracking these. The whole class was like laughing and just like laughing their asses off. And Miss Sharon pulled me aside after class. And she was basically like, Hey, I don't think you're. I don't think you want to be that guy. Like you don't like, want to be funny. Do your work. No, like like the class clown, like distracted. Like I was intentionally like my goal was to distract the entire class and get them all to laugh. And then mm. Miss Sharon was like, "You don't, you don't really strike me as that type. You you might want to do your work, Mary." And your then work. I was like, "You know what? You're right. I will start doing my work. Sorry." <laughs> Shout out to Miss Sharon. And did you start doing your work? Yeah, and and I graduated seventh grade work um i've only ever failed one class my entire in all of my years of schooling i failed one class i failed algebra one in uh ninth grade and i had to retake it in 12th grade and when i was retaking the class i remember being there being like oh my god like when i was a 12th grader and i saw these like ninth graders they looked like like kindergartners to me I was like, I am too grown. I'm too grown. To and you was a big old six foot two nigga children. too. You was big. With these, I was six foot two in ninth grade too, Mary. Let's get that clear, honey. Okay. But I was like, these are children. I cannot be in the class with these elementary school ass kids. The fuck I'm doing up in this bitch. You know what I mean? You should have passed it the um, first time. But that was because that was damn. You're right. I should have. I should have paid attention and, and done my homework, and I did not. And I failed algebra one. I, have a I question fucking about hate comedy. homework. I fucking hate homework. Homework is so fucking annoying. Homework is so fucking stupid. Ugh. God. Not when they in a flashback. Not when they trigger. I hate homework. I used to hate homework. I used to fucking hate homework. The homework was the worst. Ugh. The absolute worst. I have a question for you. Do you think that is? Do you think comedy is judged more harshly than other forms of art? Um, I mean, I think it's subjective. I think, I think, I think if you're, if you're a comedian, you think so. But I think if you're an artist, uh, you know, cause art, to me, to me, art is super subjective. Like so, sometimes if someone is funny, you just cannot help but laugh. But if I hold up a picture of scribbles on this, if I hold up the spoon and I bend it and I put some paint on it, more people will, I, I think that's, that will cause more conversation. Like that's fucking ugly or it is brilliant. So I think when someone's funny, like yeah, but, I say, you just that- can't help but laugh. Well, I think the difference between like a a spoon with bent up with paint on it would be really like intri- like far out there art, and there's also humor that that is in that realm too. People like uh like uh is the name Julio del Toro? What's, no, not Julio del Toro. He's no, what's his name, baby? Los Spookies. Julio Torres. Julio Torres is like this really interesting brand of comedy where he's like, it's I don't even know how to explain it. He has an HBO special called My Favorite Shapes, and um. And it's like comedy where where it's it's kind of like the bent up spoon with paint on it, and some folks kind of like I don't get it. Whereas if you see like just an objectively good painting, you're like, oh my god, that is a nice that is a nice painting. 
even if you aren't into art, you're like, damn, that is a great fucking, that painting is done. That is just impressive how well that painting's done. I feel the same way about a, a, a classically structured joke. Like a classically structured joke, you'll laugh at it even, even without thinking. Whereas something that's a little more cerebral or um, avant-garde or uh, niche might make you be like, I don't know if that's my kind of humor. But but even even the joke is not classically structured. Like there are some jokes that are, may not be classically structured, especially like long form jokes or like things that are, are jokes that have all this like misdirection and shit like that. You don't see coming. That's that you just cannot help but but laugh at. So I guess I guess ultimately I, I I don't think that comedy is judged more harshly than others. I think now we are in a time where language is evolving a lot and people are reclaiming different words and we're seeing that things that we thought that were funny before are really offensive now. So I think under today's lens, comedy may be scrutinized a bit more than other art forms. And I mean, look look at what just happened to that, which everyone is sick and tired of talking about where someone got on stage and slapped someone for making a joke. Like comedy is just in a different space right now and people are figuring out how to adjust to what this new era of comedy is. Which again, the pendulum has gone so far crazy, right? Like we're being, people are being super cautious, cautious about how they're delivering jokes. Is, is it going to stay that way? Is it going to go back the other way? Who knows? Well, I was wondering because, okay, like for example, I've noticed like you can make movies about like sexual assault, <clears throat> paintings, about slavery, songs about the Holocaust, um, you know, movies about the Holocaust. write plays, write plays about, um, you know, substance abuse. And these are all art forms. And I think comedy is an art form. And if someone uses their art form, which is humor, to explore these topics, then I think that it, it, it is more heavily scrutinized than if someone makes a, like, if someone makes a bad movie about the Holocaust, I think, well, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not Jewish, so I can't say, but I do think there are people who, I do think there are people who are entering the conversation being like, do we need another slave trauma porn movie? Oh yeah, a lot of black people are like that. They were like, "Stop capitalizing on, uh, stop, stop, stop showing my suffering." Like um, this woman, I forget her name. She has a show on MSNBC, or she's a correspondent on MSNBC or CNN. She was guesting on The View, and they're talking about this whole thing about critical race theory and what they're teaching in schools to kids. And she's like, "I have my kids." She was like, "She's like, I'm a black woman. I have a black because I have I have a whole black baby." She's like, "I don't want my kids learning about slavery in school. I want them to learn about the triumphs of black people." I'm so sick and tired of them showing the horrible parts about black people and how and to and to woe. And how and how sorry it is to be a. She's like, I want them. I want them to learn about positive, affirming things about black people, not 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 about slavery. And again, I'm not a parent, so I can't speak to that for kids. But I think that it's important to learn that. But as a mother, she feels she does not want her kids to know that. Well, not not okay. Not she does not want her kids to not know it. But she but she's so sick and tired of her kid being inundated with just black people and slaves and and putting and making those two two things synonymous in school, which is a fair argument. It's. I don't know that it is a fair argument. I think that it really is very important that, I mean, I'm not a parent. I'm just, I'm just guessing, you know what I mean? But like, I do think that it is, I can speak for myself and my learning experience growing up. I'm glad that I learned about that. Oh, I, for would, sure. I would feel, I would feel very silly if I didn't know about that stuff. If I didn't know about it, I'd be like this. I, it, then I got older and everyone's like, you don't know about, you don't know who Harry Tubman is. You, I don't, you don't I, know who, I, again, you, you I, don't know. I, 
I don't think she's saying she does not want to learn about it. I think she's saying that she wants to put more positive affirming things about black people. Yes, you could YouTube about slavery, but she wants to. She wants to. I thought you were saying she didn't want to know about it at all. No, 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 no. She wants to put. She like, but it's it's only that. She's like, it's it's only about slavery. It's only about about Jim Crow. It's only about that stuff. She wants more affirming things and more positive images of black people for her kids in school. Was that your experience with black history growing up in school? Um, no, I would say it was like, wait, I want to go back to something you said earlier about comedy. Oh, I think, I think with what you're saying about the different art forms, comedy, the reason why comedy feels a little weird is because there's something about bringing levity to those things. It feels not for me because I love comedy. I like jokes, but I think there's something about using your art form to give to bring levity to 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 something like the holocaust or, or to like slavery so there's something about that feels icky right so you do like an art piece you do a movie and you do like I don't, i've never seen like a a funny holocaust movie and maybe they're out there i don't know um, there's one it's called jojo rabbit jojo rabbit is a movie with scarlett johansson where uh this kid uh has an imaginary best friend and the best friend is Hitler and Hitler's kind of like, um, like really kind of this goofy character. He's like, he's like, yeah, you can like, he's I, I can't do a good German accent, but mm-hmm. he's like, kind of like joking around with this kid and, and his best friend is, is Hitler. <laughs> That's what I was saying. His best friend is Hitler. It's called Jojo Rabbit. Like kicking it. It's called Jojo Rabbit. And Scarlett Johansson plays his mom in this movie and then um and then of course they uh it, it gets sad in the end of the movie but there's a lot of humor in jojo rabbit and they also use it in um in the producers there's an entire there's an entire musical in the producers called springtime for hitler mm-hmm. in germany um jojo rabbit where they where this. mel brooks who is uh is a famous um jewish writer um he's jewish right mel brooks i'm pretty sure can you google that baby um wrote this this um bit in his yeah he yeah he's jewish he he wrote this bit in his show where the producers are trying to produce the worst play you can possibly make that no one would ever want to see and they made a comedy called springtime for hitler so like so, so, um, so, so i guess i'm so, a part of that so the people so people use people use humor to uh i in my experience from from outside watching in i it feels like a lot of times people uh people do jewish people do use humor to talk about the holocaust and i've seen black people use humor to talk about um slavery as well right that's, that's what i'm saying but if it's so so with, with a movie like what you're talking about with the producers coming from a jewish person whereas if you bob the director is on stage making jokes about the holocaust that is just not that's not cool because you're not you're not jewish but but if you are i think when it's coming from that race if i see when i see black people making jokes about slavery and of course you have black people who won't like it black people don't even want to, uh, black people to use n-word that exists changes a grandmother um but i think that it's different when it comes from the lens of that person of that race what <laughs> let's take a break <laughs> what? what are you laughing at Our next partner has truly made a positive impact on the most important person in my life. And no, I'm not talking about Jacob. I'm talking about my cat. My cat's old food used to stink, stank, stunk, y'all, okay? And I used to dread every time I had to feed Miss Colleen. That old cat food was boring. It was gray. It was looking crazy. And I could see Colleen literally vomiting. 
telepathically at the thought of having to eat it. And cat food has been the same forever, so it's time cat food took the move to the 21st century, and that's why I've been trying Smalls. Are you feeding your cat kibble? Now is the time to update your cat food with Smalls. Smalls cat food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your fridge, and it's delivered right to your door. Smalls was started now, back I was watching my poor niece eat literal hard uh, kernels of dry cereal while Monet and Andy were ever eating gourmet food. And that's actually when I stepped in and I said, we need to make sure that she's eating as well as you two are, okay? Smalls was started back in 2017 by a couple of guys home cooking cat food in small batches for their friends. And a few short years later, they served millions of meals to cats around the world, honey. And I feel better knowing that Colleen is eating well. And um, that she has an aunt like me who looks out for her to make sure she's not eating that old burnt up kibble. You can finally open up a packet of cat food and not get nauseated. You actually recognize the ingredients in the packet of Smalls Food. Now give your cat the gift of great cat food this holiday season. Head to smalls.com slash rivalry and use code rivalry to check out for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find. But... You have to use the code RIVALRY for 50% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code RIVALRY for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. Hey guys, it's Cheyenne Davis. You may know me from MTV's Teen Mom OG or Think Loud Crew podcast. I'm here with my dad, Papa Floyd, to tell you about our new podcast, Unfiltered Kitchen. The kitchen is the hub of the household for many of us. The one-stop shop for conversations both big and small. Cheyenne and I have been having open conversations about all aspects of life in our kitchen since well before she was able to see over the counter. And now we're inviting you into our own kitchen as a part of the family. Unfiltered Kitchen is a two-way street. I share my advice on cocktails, cooking, parenting, and the lessons I've learned. And I inform my dad what it's like to raise kids today, how generational barriers affect us, and the joys of being a daughter. Well, your daughter. Get ready for a whole lot of unfiltered advice. You can take it or leave it, but you're never going to leave this table feeling hungry for more. Listen to Unfiltered Kitchen wherever you get your podcasts. These days, you can't go anywhere on the internet without running into the most horrible takes. You know, your good old-fashioned homophobes, or your self-proclaimed alpha males, who are writing two-page articles titled, How to Score the Perfect Female in 10 Days. If you are just as sick of these outdated takes as we are, you will love our podcast, Outspoken, hosted by me, Sam Collins, and my incredible partner, Shannon. We are an LGBT couple who have seen it all, been called it all, and are ready to take on the never-ending world of outrageous online opinions. Each week, we bring you the most ridiculous videos, hot takes, and hellbent news we come across on the internet. So, come laugh with us as we dismantle outdated ideologies and tear apart the most confident idiots on the internet on our podcast, Outspoken. You can follow and listen for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you are listening right now. And we're back. Um, would you do, I mean, do you, yeah, I've seen your standup. I've seen all of your standup. Um, I mean, not the new stuff you're working on cause you're on the road, but both of your specials and stuff. And you talk a lot about blackness and you talk about, um, you don't really have like slave jokes. You like, you, you, you have a, a, a book. I do have one slave joke that I tell. Which one? I actually have a few slave jokes. I say, um, I was talking about how, when I got invited to do a cruise for the first time, um, I didn't want to do it. And they were, and they were like, um, 
why not? It's 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 a free cruise. And then oh, yeah. I said last time white people um offered black folks a free cruise, shit got funky. Yeah, is what I said. And then I and then I, I yeah. So the, I I I've made, I've made jokes about slavery before. So yeah. but, but but coming from a black person, it was like work. But if but you imagine Jacob was a comedian. Jacob Jacob on on stage telling telling, telling slavery jokes to black bitch. Who are you talking to? Who the fuck are you talking to? I so mean, I when it comes maybe from a it depends race. on what the. I guess it depends on what the perspective is and what the joke is. Like I, I think I think that it's I think is that it is um I think it just all depends on what's being said and what is his perspective. What is he saying? Is he just is Jacob saying cotton picking blackies? I'm like, all right, this doesn't seem nuanced. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I think that if Jacob is talking about slavery and how it's affected America, maybe from a right perspective, I, I could be like, oh, this is. This is interesting. This is an interesting take. It all depends to me. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's it, it in in that case, yeah. If 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 it's a culturally sensitive, I'm 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 specifically talking about like culturally insensitive jokes, which people would find distasteful. If Jacob was on stage saying the N word, or Jacob was, oh my god, I'm sorry, using Jacob as a thing, but like if let's it, let's, let's move on from Jacob. Let's let's <laughs> let's switch to Amy Schumer. Okay, this Ezra. If Ezra was on stage saying the N word. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. If Andy if Andy was on stage saying the N word, if, oh, if we Patty, that, if, if 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 Patrick Scott Miner could not stop saying the N word, we would grab that is, bitch is, by is, his is that, short little red hairs and fucking beat his white ass up. Yes, just have these muse. Yeah, what? Oh, yeah. Oh my god, you're so not cool. You're not hip, Monet. You're not hip at all. You don't know anything that's trendy. Who are your favorite stand-up comedians, Roberta? This is like this is literally like hanging out with like my with my my aunt and I'm trying to make a joke about something that all the the us the young people like and then she's like what's going on that's you and what of it and if I do go with it who are your top five stand up comedians? Did it myself. <laughs> um, my top five: Chris Rock is my favorite comedian of all time. One to oh my god, did you so comedian. did you were you really upset when he got slapped? What did that really like hurt you? I don't think that it really hurt me. I was shocked, but I don't. I don't. I don't remember feeling. I don't. I don't have that kind of. I don't really have those kind of parasocial relationships, to be mm. honest. Um, the only thing I ever really get defensive of is for some reason when people um, are mean about divas who are older. For there's something in me that kicks in, and I do not like when people like make fun of women for aging poorly i don't know what it is in me that does that does not like that i don't like when people mention that mariah i don't like when people in some like some snarky way mention that mariah carey can't sing the way she sang when she was 18 years old i'm like who the fuck what and and what the fuck do you do bitch what what the fuck can you do bitch like that's just where i go naturally i don't know why i just don't like it i hate that shit Mm. she can't sing how she used to with it bitch but fuck you what can you fucking do like you used to why don't you sing for fucking three decades, bitch? Why don't you why don't you be the number one fucking record selling black female artist, female artist of all time, fuck race of all time, bitch? She's a she's the highest Make selling female artist of all time. Yes, she's the highest selling female, solo female artist of all time. And she writes all of her own music. Of all time. Let's right see if Bob is correct, y'all. Madonna. Madonna is recognized by Guinness World Records as the best-selling female rec- record artist of all time. Really? Really. Really, really. Interesting. Um, because, and what? according, sorry, because I don't have a mic. Uh, according to Wikipedia, it's Britney, bitch. 
Wow, so we don't know what to believe. We, we've heard that Wikipedia says it's Britney. Uh, Guinness says no, Jacob it's is wrong. Wikipedia literally says Madonna. Jake, Wikipedia literally says it's Madonna. Wikipedia says I Madonna. How long Madonna's had that. Telltales Online says Madonna. I wonder how long Madonna's had that. I wonder how long Madonna's had that, that title. Oh, not you, not you trying to age shame Madonna. Oh my God. No, I'm saying Madonna, Madonna has Madonna's discography is um it went so past it's Madonna's Ryan, number one. Madonna has sold three over over three hundred million records sold. Um, in the next category between huh? Yeah, three hundred thirty-five million. I think it's a three hundred thirty-five. Celine has two hundred fifty. Mariana has two fifty. Rihanna Barbados in the motherfucking house. Mariah Carey has two hundred twenty million. So Madonna is shitting on these hoes by over a hundred million records, baby. Madonna is oh Madonna's another one that I get really defensive of. I'm like, don't like leave this bitch alone. Leave this bitch alone. Beyonce. Sometimes I, and I defend these divas, and people think Beyonce. I'm like a massive like Madonna fan or a huge Beyonce fan. I'm like, I like them and I love their music. I'm not like a diehard. I'm not like a lamb or I'm not really in the beehive. You know, I don't know what Madonna calls her fans, but um, Rihanna Navy. I just don't like when people. Is it Rihanna Navy? The Navy, yeah. I don't. I don't like that. Um, <laughs> wow, wow. Why are you coming for, for, for women in music? Uh, I just don't get why her fans are called the Navy. I don't get it. Because we swim hard is, for does, Rihanna. Does, does Rihanna mean water? Does Rihanna mean water? <laughs> A river or something? Why are they the Navy? I don't get it. <laughs> does Rihanna mean... <laughs> does Rihanna mean water? Um, Navy is named after an image in, Re in Rihanna's 2000 R-rated um, song G4L. Oh, my, you're both talking at the same time. You can't. This is this is too much. Yeah. So Rihanna, the Rihanna Navy fans are called because um, in 2000, it rated our song G4L, which states we're an army, a navy, and a crazy and crazy gun soaring overhead. Since she started a battleship in 2012, it's because it was a lyric in a song. Oh, I still don't like it. I don't like that. Um, Wait, what? What, what are Madonna like fans called? I don't know. What Madonna fans are called. What? I have no oh, clue. Madonna fans called. I don't think they have a name. Senior citizens. Oh, oh wow! Uh, damn, Jacob. Your Jacob boyfriend over here reading Jacob old Jacob. old old women in music. So um, they're um, called Rebel Hearts. Madonna's fans are called Rebel Hearts. Rebel Hearts. That must be new because oh, was her answer called Rebel Heart? Was her album called Rebel Heart? And yeah, but maybe she, but maybe Rebel Heart was something from back in the day, and she just called a new album that. You know what I mean? The Rebel Hearts. Anyway, um, anyway, Chris Rock, Wanda Sykes is so fucking funny. So number two Samore is absolutely Samore is great. Huh? So Samore, is... Chris Rock is your number one. Who's number two? Wanda Sykes. Wanda Sykes. Wanda Sykes. Uh, some more. Mm -hmm. I also really love Adele Givens. Mm -hmm. Last one. And I don't know who the fifth place is, but I can give a couple of honorable mentions. No, but we have to give um, a five. You have to give a five. Come on. Honorable mention. Bitch, I five. don't know who the fifth is. Like, I don't know who the fifth is. I'm going to... Maybe I'm figuring it out in this moment. I really I really think that... I think that Daniel... Um, Not Daniel Tosh. I think that Bo Burnham is really funny. Is that the one that you I always get me to watch? I I literally one time. W you watched Bo Burnham with me literally one time. I have not always made you watch Bo Burnham. Okay. I, 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 I often ask you to watch this and you and then finally we got around to it. We have watched Bo Burnham together one time. I'm not oh. always making you watch Bo Burnham. 
Okay, but okay, and y'all know Bob, and Bob, you know this. This is a pattern in our, in, in our friendship. You, it was like always like going on a month if you asked me to do this, and I wouldn't do it. So when I say the one that you always got me to watch, because I mean in that chunk of time, you're like Monet, you need to watch this. I'd be like, no. The next thing, Monet, you need to watch. What, what, what are you doing now, bitch? What you doing now? I have to go home. It was like, uh, and again, I wanted I, to watch a movie with you, but okay. you, the, the way, you, but the, the insinuation sounds like I am, con I like literally <laughs> six years ago. I asked Monet to watch one movie, and now Monet is like the one you're always trying to get me to watch. Yes. I have not recommended a Bo Burnham movie to you since that day. It was, but it was a journey to get to that one. So, again, <laughs> you are I probably such... asked you like four times. I no, literally probably asked you no, four times. No, 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 no. No, more than four times. Way more than four times. Bob, I'm like, anyway, whatever. So, Bo Burnham is number five? Probably, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, but I think Bo Burnham's really funny. You like Jim Gaffigan? I really enjoy Jim Gaffigan's pretty funny. I like King Baby. Um, I also really, oof, I don't know that that fifth spot is, is going to be up for grabs for a minute. Um, but do you want to? Can I can I make a suggestion? This is not this is not Drag Race season four. This is not season fourteen. We're not we're not doing the top. We're not doing the top five. <laughs> can I make a suggestion <laughs> for your fifth place? Okay, what is it going to be? Monet Exchange. You know, I think you are a good comedian. I think you have to work on your delivery and maybe if you had more time on your craft. You know what I mean? I think Mateo Lane is really funny. Mateo is um, Mateo, so funny. I would say whenever I, go to, whenever I go out to see comedy shows with Mateo, he's pretty consistently the funniest person up there every single time. So Mateo, Mateo, Mateo is up in there as well. Um, I also feel like I want to give a big um, shout out to um, some other great comedians, Jared Goldstein, Solomon Giorgio, Zach Noe Towers. These are also like some local comedians that I know from here in um, in LA. Um, who are your top favorite? Your, who your, I'm going to give you three. I don't. I'm not going to make you name your top fifteen. Who are your top three favorite comedians? Top three. I will say because of the first special I, I ever watched, and it was so fucking funny to me. She like she just like, taught me like what like storytelling was in a, in a, in a joke. Ellen DeGeneres, although I don't think she's that funny anymore, but let's need to hear there. Ellen DeGeneres, Monique. I fucking think Monique is so goddamn funny. Monique, Monique is, is very, you're right. Oh, Monique is great. Monique is so fucking good. And the third spot, my third favorite comedian, third favorite comedian, comedian, comedian. Mm. Mm. Oh my God, Chelsea. Chelsea, oh my God. Chelsea Handler. I love Chelsea Handler. Chelsea is, oh my God. This is why I've been tracing around the country. Chelsea Handler, my third. So Ellen, Monique, Chelsea Handler. What do you what do you love about those comedians, Ma? Um, again, with Ellen, I just I love the way that she crafts stories. And she's she's so good at misdirection in um her special the beginning. Um, and it was, I, I still think it's one of the best specials I've ever seen in my life. Monique, I do I love how reverent Monique is. I love how, I love how Monique, um, Monique has a way, Monique obviously knows how to deliver a good punchline. What I, besides just her comedy, I, I love how, I love finding out that she was like a good serious actor too. She's also a good physical comedian. Yeah. Well, we're talking about the, um, um, the, the Parkers. So, um, I love that about Monique and Chelsea Handler. I loved, I loved, I, I love Chelsea because I'm talking about from a talk show space. Like doing it in a talk show and, and formatting formatting your comedy to fit into that, I think to, to quite, requires a, a, a different skill set. And I just love how Chelsea did it. I thought she's so dry, and I fucking love Chelsea Handler. Why do you like Chris Rock? I really, 
I, Chris Rock is just so smart. The way that he crafts words, the way that he tells stories, the way that he ties back to jokes from earlier, the way that he does callbacks, um, the the voice, his voice, uh, his body language. Um, I I also personally love a comedian who laughs at their own jokes. It encourages me to laugh at their jokes. Chris Rock laughs at his own jokes. Jonah Rivers laughs at her own jokes. And I really like comedians who laugh at their own jokes. To me, for some reason, that that is that is funny. Um, maybe because I laugh at my own jokes. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I think that Samora is just oh my god, Samora. The way that she looks at things, the way that Samora, the way that Samora talks. I love a funny voice. Samora, Chris Rock, and Wanda Sykes all have really interesting voices. You know what yeah, I mean? I would say. And um, I like the way that Samora really gets the crowd on her side. She's really she really gets the crowd. Like they're so riled up when she's doing her stand up. Mm-hmm. It's so I love the way she dresses. I love how she, that she is so serious about incorporating fashion into her. Um, I just it's just so great that she's interested in incorporating fashion into her stand up. Wanda Sykes is just so clever. The way that she, the way that she thinks of things, like she has a bit about um, her pussy and how she wished she could take it off, mm-hmm. and she's talking about something really serious, which is like a woman being afraid to go jogging at night. But she has a way of making it really funny and relatable, and like, and and I don't even have a pussy, and I'm <laughs> laughing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she's just really, she's really fucking smart. I, I think, I think the, idea, should... the idea of something so funny is like, I wish I could take my pussy off and go jogging. That's funny to me. You know? I think that we should, for a Patreon exclusive, should we sit down and watch one comedy special with the other one? Like, you you and I watch Ellen DeGeneres at the beginning, and then you and I watch um, Chris Rock or uh, some more. I might have you either watch Chandelier Status with some more, or maybe Never Scared Chris Rock, or maybe Chandelier Queens Status of Comedy. Or... Or maybe Queens of Comedy. Oh, I've seen Queens of Comedy. Queens of Comedy was so cool. It was brilliant. You, you know that format was really big for... um, Like, you know the Kings of Comedy made that format. Like, that four comedians on one uh, dais, one lineup. Um, it, it ended up launching, like, the Blue Collar Comedy Tour, Queens of Comedy, the Latin mm-hmm. Kings of Comedy. And it was Cedric the Entertainer, D.L. Hughley, Bernie Mac, and Steve Harvey. Yeah. A lot of and people, a lot Steve of kids Harvey, don't even know that Kid Harvey was fully a comedian. He wasn't always the guy with the mustache doing uh doing uh uh, uh the Price is Right. I mean, um, Family Feud. Family this Feud. Nigga, his nigga was a comedian. Then remember, remember when Steve Harvey was 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 selling suits? I mean, he probably still does. But when Steve <laughs> Harvey went into the suit game, bitch, my church was up and it was it was pandemonium at my church. Everybody had a Steve Harvey suit. Oh, were they buying the suits? Oh yes. That's so funny. I mean, by the time I was, um, by the time I was in the, I, I Steve Harvey selling suits. I was out of the church business. I had left the church <laughs> for a long time by that point. You know, Steve Harvey and um, Cat Williams got into this like almost like a rap battle, it, but it was like comedy instead. And there was this whole thing where they were like do a double billing, and 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 it was like if I'm funnier than you, then you have to quit comedy. It was wild. Interesting. That's another Cat Williams. Cat Williams, he was pop like Cat Williams. Remember when Cat Williams was like the man in comedy, and then something like crazy happened. Like he got like arrested, and there was some like crazy legal thing that happened. But Cat Williams used to be. He had a lot of run-ins with. He had a lot of run-ins with like weapons. He was carrying a lot of weapons. I think it was. He had weapons charges. Oh, in the black community, people used to go 
up for Cat Williams. Like right when I was in like middle school or like early high school, people used to love Cat Williams. Well, I think it started because Cat Williams had a role in one of the Friday movies. Mm-hmm. Next Friday, he played like that girl's boyfriend, like the little her, her little boyfriend. He was like a, a like like a, a drug yeah. dealer. Like, yeah, and then and because because Friday was so popular in the Friday black community, next, obviously, yeah, it, um, because the Friday franchise was so popular in the black community, um, if you if you could land a role in one of those movies, you you would be like a black celebrity. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Cat Williams had some really great moments, and then he had like a, a short lived rap career. Hmm. Um, and, and I think that those weapons charges really, really kicked his ass. Do you, okay, let me ask you this. Before all of the, you know, the recent drama, were you a big Chappelle fan? Yeah, like, I, I used to love the Dave Chappelle show. Mm. I used to love the Dave Chappelle show. It was, I thought it was a brilliant show. Yeah, I really loved it a lot. And, um, it certainly has had me, um, this certain, this recent drama has certainly had me re- I'm not going to say it made his earlier stuff any less funny. You know what right. I mean? I think that maybe his his perspective has shifted a lot. But then also, Dave Chappelle has a few moments where he would like, even later and like earlier in his career before this stuff, he would like align himself. He would he would like do parallels between the black struggle and the queer struggle as if they weren't the same thing, as if there were not people experiencing both of those at the same time, which was very interesting to me. Interesting. I I, w- I think I was too young to watch the Chappelle show. Like I remember my brother would watch it, but I don't remember like like because it, it was like a little. It was just like a little slightly too old for me to like fully get the jokes. Do you think that what people are? Do you think that watching a comedian after they've had controversy is um makes them less funny? Um, I think it can. I think once you know a lot of more about it, that that comedian later on in life, like once you know about about the really problematic and transphobic things um, Chappelle is saying now, you go back and watch his old sketches, and you're like, wow. So that's what this was rooted in. You're like, so this is where this is coming from. So when you made this joke back in 2004 about whatever, this is probably how you really felt, and I think that will affect your ability to want to laugh slash think if it's funny. I agree. It's just kind of like listening to an artist that you like but you know they're problematic and it, it does make it a little less easy to enjoy that person for sure i don't think it necessarily goes back and undoes the humor they've done um but watching it in hindsight it does feel less funny it makes it harder to enjoy when you go back and watch it in hindsight but in the moment it was very funny but also yeah. we we knew less than we know now and also, it's the same thing goes with Kanye West. Like you, like now with all the crazy Kanye did and all the fucking Jimmy flicks he was doing for the twenty twenty election and how he was trying to like run himself and like cause all this conflama. Jimmy flex? What does that mean? Oh, it's a same interesting thing. Like, uh, like uh, uh, chaos. Got it. Yeah. Um, like knowing that now, like you know, d- did Kanye produce great fucking music? Of course. But when I listen to it, I just do not enjoy it the same because I know that this motherfucker was really out here trying to get black people get black people to vote for him, not just black people, just get people to vote for him, and perhaps potentially fucking ruin the the election. Like I just can't get over that in my head, at least now. I mean, it it is hard for me to um, I don't know. I listen to I still listen to College Dropout, and I'm like, oh my god, this is such a. But also, I think Kanye West has a lot. There's a lot going on with Kanye West that is a lot deeper than. 
um, a lot deeper than just um, him being problematic. Kanye West has a lot of probably, I think he's acknowledged probably has a lot of mental health issues Mm -hmm. that he's constantly battling, you know, and Kanye West is one of those folks that it it doesn't feel fun. It doesn't, like, it feels really, it does not feel fun to make fun of him anymore. And, 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 And I've, I've learned that I felt that way about like a few like I will say like in my comedy it does feel less I don't know something something has shifted in in comedy for me too even where I don't you know what do you what do you making fun of Azalea Banks people making fun of Azalea Banks people making fun of Kanye West doesn't feel great. How do you feel about this new wave of comedians? Because this is something, it's an interesting talk I have with someone about, like, you know, now it's encouraged for comedians to put, like, a lot of their, like, put some of their sets on TikTok or on Instagram or whatever. And then someone goes, comes out to your show, and they're hearing the same jokes. Whereas before, it was kind of frowned upon, well, you you can tell me more about this, to for people to, like, record comedians doing stand-up because those are jokes that they're working, that they're trying to work out and see they want to keep and what they want to change. But now everyone's just putting all of their stuff online. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Well, I think most comedians who are actually uh, working it smartly are not putting all of their stuff online. They're probably just putting a few jokes they've been telling for years. So if you have a joke you've been telling for years, you'll go and put that up because that's that's not going to go in your special. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot of comedians will like try to build an hour at a time, and like they'll basically try to build an hour every couple of years, like every two to three, maybe even four years, to try to build out a new hour, um, which does take a while to to build up. I mean, I know there are interesting comedians who have done stuff like Kathy Griffin, who did four specials in a year one time, which was wild. absolutely wild. I don't know how she did that, but her comedy was also very gossipy, almost yeah. podcasty style. Her stand up was. Yeah, talking you know? about celebrity interactions. Yeah. And um, she kept having these wild interactions, so she kept having wild stories to go along with them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So. I, I do think that um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as you're being smart and, and not um, putting all your stuff out there. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I think talking about a lot of people too. Like, I don't, I don't mind hearing a joke more than once personally. I don't either. I, I, I don't either. Especially, especially sometimes I hear it online. But like to to there's a live performance. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like being in the room when it's happening. Yeah, I've heard it before, but being in the room as the comedian structuring it, even on know where the punchline is. I still enjoy it, and I'm still like that's very. It's funny to me. I, I, I I'm not bothered by that either. Um, what do you think if about you're this? Watching wave of- a comedy show, expecting the comedian to tell new jokes every time. That's like going to a Beyonce concert and expecting her to sing a brand new song at every concert. That doesn't make any sense. That does not make sense. <laughs> uh, but but on that note, on that token, how do you feel about TikTok comedians, like people who are now? You know, having full on com- com- comedy careers after just like doing a few sixty seconds, yeah, like little- like just well, I wouldn't say just a few. A lot of them usually build them up, like like just like just hilarious and B Simone are like mm-hmm. these um, Instagram TikTok uh, comedians who have made their careers from there, and now they have successful stand up careers. Now, Grant, I have never seen their stand up. I've never yeah. seen Jess Hilaris stand up. I've never seen B Simone stand up. Pretty sure me and me, you and B Simone all have the same agent, actually. I'm almost positive. Um, but I've never seen her stand up. So I, I cannot vouch for how funny she is without Instagram. Um, but there is something interesting about people like um Heartthrob Rob has like a, a, a show he's working on apparently. Mm-hmm. And um 
Randy Rainbow has a full show that he tours with, and Randy Rainbow does big. He does like the Ace Theater. Yeah, but, but also know? Randy Rainbow is like he's doing like like he's like it's, it's his whole persona. He has like songs. He has like these videos. It's like Randy Rainbow is like a full. It's almost more so a one woman sh- one man show than a just stand up. Well, B Simone too. B Simone raps and does. Uh, oh, comedy. really? So it's, I I don't know if her show inc- I don't know if her show includes rap in it, but um, B Simone does every once in a while release like a freestyle on her um Instagram page. Yeah, interesting. interesting. And if you don't know, B Simone is the one is the one behind that voice that everyone's doing, uh, baby girl. I love Just Hilarious. Is the one who does that. I follow Just Hilarious on Instagram. I think Just Hilarious is so funny. She always has these. She puts out these funny little short stories on her. On Instagram, and they're always so funny because it's always shit that you'd be like, she's like, she's like, my dude, my dude. She has, she's more of a deep voice than like, yeah, I'm saying, yeah, just as a deep voice, and it's, a lot of them are like sex things. It'd be like, it'd be like a a minute and thirty second video about like when he when he when um when he busting you and you forgot to put in your IUD, and it's like her her whole mental gymnastics around that. I think it's very funny. She's she's very story. Well, well in her did, Instagram, it's very it's story it's um story formulaic. Story driven comedy. She just put, posted a really funny video, and it was called like, um, when the when the playlist like does a dramatic shift, yes, fucking, <laughs> and they don't change it. It was, and, it and was she's disco. like getting fucked, and then the song's like, celebrate it, come on, and she's just like, you're not gonna, <laughs> nigga, you gay, okay, you're not gonna, switch, you're not gonna switch it out, um. She got to some controversy too because she was saying some like interesting um anti, on a plane. like Islam. Yeah. yeah. It was there was a Sikh man on a plane, and then she was like recording him being like, I don't feel comfortable with him on a plane. And then they deboarded the whole plane and made him leave. That is crazy. And then she was like, See, I told y'all. And everyone's like, No, this is not the take, Jess. You you're not an elegant, Jess. This is not it. Yeah, that's wild. That is so wild to me. People live in America uh-huh. and they do they do crazy shit like that, and, and not just America, anywhere in the world. But I don't know the difference between Sikhs and 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 Muslims too, which is which is yeah. I, I guess if you don't know a lot, if you don't know, if you're not familiar with Sikh culture, it, it can be easy to confuse a Sikh person with a a Muslim person. What well, are Monet, your goals? Oh. I've enjoyed. I I'm not done. Oh. I'm not, I'm not done talking to you. Okay. What are your goals with your comedy? Where do you like what like what is your ultimate goal? What do you want to do with your comedy? I don't think in terms of ultimate goal, because I don't have an end game. I don't have like once I've done this, it's a wrap for me. But I, I but I have goals I want to make. One one of my big goals is I would love to sell out and headline the Fox Theater in Atlanta, Georgia. That would really feel like a massive achievement to me. Being someone who's gone there, you know so many times and driven by it and just thought to myself like oh my god imagine being on stage at the fox theater in atlanta mm-hmm. georgia i would love to be able to do that you know uh, i think that one day i would love to have my own like talk show or 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 some sort of a late night show um where i get to interact with people and have fun with them in that regard i also think that i um i i, I want to just keep doing specials you know i i have a couple of ideas for specials that i really want to do I've, i i have two released and i i'm i'm excited about trying to do another one how about you? Um, you know, I, I I I find myself in like a very weird intersection. Like, I don't want to just do stand up. I want to do more of a one woman show, and that's in, incorporating music 
and also stories and um i think about like like whoopi goldberg's like old one woman shows like there were like some amalgamation of like a whoopi goldberg one woman show with music with like just like regular stand up so but a goal that i would love to do would be to you know to i mean this is bitch this is a this is a lofty goal i don't know if i'll ever come close to this but bitch if i could sell out Madison Square Garden one day just doing the Monet Exchange, whatever the fuck, I would jizz on every seat. I would store up enough loads, put a droplet of load on every seat because I would be that excited. That, that took a very sharp left turn. Um, <laughs> I think that selling out Madison Square Garden is a goal that you probably could achieve one day and I don't think you should sell yourself short. Bucko. Thank you, Bob. I think the only, um, I think Amy Schumer is the only female comedian to ever sell out Masquerade. Who's the Who's the male comedian? Did why? Like, has any comedian done it? I don't know. Let me see. I'm not sure, but I, but I know that she's done it, and it was like it was like a big thing. Comedians who sold out Madison Square Garden first search. Um, Jacob has a list. You want to just hand it to me, Jacob? So you don't have to get in the mic. All right. Nine comedians uh, have done it. Eddie Murphy. Nine comedians have ever sold out Madison Square Garden. It was Eddie Murphy, George Carlin, Andrew Dice Clay, Chris Rock, Russell Peters, Dane Cook, Kevin Hart, Louis C.K., and Aziz Ansari. Where's Amy Schumer? Maybe Amy Schumer did uh, Barclays. Maybe she did Barclays. No, I, 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 I remember it being Madison Square Garden. When was, oh, this, this was written seven years ago. Oh. Uh, then add Amy Schumer to the list. Yeah, she definitely won. Um, yeah, that's fierce. Yeah, girl, Bob, do you think you know, that tours with Aziz Ansari and his tours are getting his tours are wild? Apparently, I didn't re- I didn't realize how how huge Aziz Ansari was. Massive. Joe Massive. Coy is huge too. Aziz Ansari is huge. Yeah, well, that I know. I didn't know that. Now, Joy Clay is a pretty big deal. And and um, what's his name? Hassan Minaj. Mateo also toured with Hassan Minaj, and apparently he's also massive. Really? You love Hassan Minaj. I love Hassan Minaj. I just didn't know how big his comedy was. And, and, and he's another comedian. Honestly, I really like his comedy too. I love how his his he's because he's so smart. And honestly, a smart comedian, bitch, I ugh, so fucking hot. He's such a smart comedian. I, I used to watch a show on Netflix. Um what was it? No, I can't remember. The, the one Patriot that I told Act. you. Yeah, the Patriot Act. Where I told you, where I told you, niggas shouldn't go on cruises because niggas be because on maritime law, niggas be killing bitches on cruises. Bitch, don't be going on a cruise. Anyway, he's also, so last smart. Last thing I say before we go, Hassan Minaj is very, very good looking. Ooh, that is a beautiful. <laughs> Hassan Minaj is. I do not go in for too many um, straight guys. She's about to say that you hate two, straight dudes. The two are Wiz Khalifa and Hassan Minaj. These two are hot. I'd be looking at Hassan. I'd be like, "Ooh, Hassan." Would you? Okay, if if you if if Wiz Khalifa would hook up with you, he's like on one condition: you got a bottom for me. Would you do it? Yeah, I'm not. An, I'm not anti-bottoming. I'm, an, okay. I'm, I'm not like. I'm, not I'm like, just asking. I'm, I'm never. You you act like you act like I'm some like like. Don't touch my asshole, strict top. That's not, I, I, I'm not I, that I, I never said that, but I was just asking if, if you you it's not something that you frequent. You do not you do not drive down that street regularly. Sometimes you decoy down there. And the last thing was a long time ago. Yeah, but, 
But there seemed to be a slight insinuation that I'm like, don't go. It felt like maybe you weren't saying that at all, but it felt like it'd be far fetched for me to get my my um my tight little tiny taint beat up, my tiny little the two taint. fingers. You're such a lie. Honestly, okay, I propose typical rivalry. We take a trip to a doctor. And the doctor's going to measure each of our taints and tell us how many inches. Because I just don't think you're measuring correctly. And the internet is thinks you're fucking with us. We want, we're going to go to a doctor together. We're going to do it Kardashian style. It's a possibility that I just have a very tiny taint. And y'all niggas got big monster gooches. The fact that Jacob and Patty, who are both like a Wait, fifth of our size. Jacob, talk to me. Jacob. Can we, I think I think maybe the problem is you need to specify exactly where you're starting and ending your measurements. Maybe you're starting and ending at different places. I'm putting not, my fingers. I, I don't know how right. much clearer we can be. We can, we're starting at the end of the balls to the asshole. That, I mean, I don't know. I don't know where Bob is measuring. Yeah, and I'm in. Once I put my fingers at the bottom of my balls, within two fingers, I'm in whole town. <laughs> your fingers in your hole. It's 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 added. Like if this. If this is the balls, this is the hole. Wow. There. The, girl, you It's not must here. Have, My hole's not here. You're a fucking spider. I'm you can probably spew some fucking, some fucking webbing out of there. Spider Man. I'm petite. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> what are you and what are you Andrew Short doing later? None of your business. Hanging me and Andrew Short are hanging out. That's what we're doing. Okay. We're hanging out. Because okay. we're friends. Okay. Super secrets. Uh, I, I'll tell you. I can tell you in a couple of weeks. How about okay. that? When you, when you talk about your deconstructed photos, I'll tell you what me and Andy did. Okay. Bye, bitch. You're so fucking wild. Goodbye. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.